Welcome to the Wild Feather today, everyone. We have a special guest, Margot Perkins, with us, and she is the founder of Margot Page, which is a sustainable handbag company that makes really cute regulation handbags that you can take to events like concerts and theater and sporting events. After she was denied into a Utah football game, she started exploring what options and bags were out there that she could take when she goes to one of these events. And that's when Margot Page was born. In this episode, she talks about diving all in and her journey of launching during COVID, relaunching, working alongside her husband, her passion for sustainability, new product lines that she's launching, and she passes along some really great advice that she received along the way. Without further ado, here is Margot to share her founder journey. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited to have Margot Page with us today. Super cool. And uh, thank you so much for uh, being with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yay. Okay, so you have this brilliant idea, I think, and it's become a very necessary tool or useful item for women out there, that's for sure. Um, so without stealing your thunder, um, her company's called Margot Page as well. And um, I'll let you tell us about what your products are and then how did you get started? How did you get down this road? What led you to become a founder? And I have a million questions. So let's start there. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it. Um, so I started Margot Page three years ago. Um, a couple of years before that, I live in Austin, Texas. I was going to a UT football game and I got turned away because my handbag was not clear. And so I had heard at that point rumblings around, you know, different sports venues requiring clear bags. I did not look up prior to us going to the football game that they had a clear bag policy. Um, so obviously was super bummed, didn't get to go to the game, um, yeah. ended up going home. And then when I was walking out of the stadium, I was kind of looking around and seeing what other women were carrying. And I noticed everything was, you know, from the bookstore was really inexpensive, um, would break on the second wear. And then after further review, you know, online and seeing what else people were, were purchasing, you know, it was that which was inexpensive would break on the second wear, or there were bags, you know, designers pricing them over a thousand dollars. Um, there was another price point about 200. And so I thought to myself, I'm like, there has to be a middle ground here where mm -hmm. it's durable, fashion forward, it's not going to break the bank. And so I started sketching, 
handbags out. I am not trained in design. Um, I have no background in any of that. And so I just thought, well, this is kind of like a, like a fun project or whatever. I've always loved handbags. So, uh, when I brought this idea up to my family, they're like, yeah, it's actually no surprise that you would be interested in doing something like this. Um, and so, yeah, so I went online, I saw kind of who my competitors were, started reaching out to their manufacturers and started getting samples done. And then kind of, it took off from there. Um, mm-hmm. I did unfortunately launch, you know, this was a couple of years process because I was right. working, you know, a full-time job. This was a side thing. And then when I launched, I was like, I'm just going to go full-time, mm-hmm. um, hold my feet to the fire a little bit. And, um, the pandemic hit <laughs> three months. Yeah later, which was not great for a product that is developed around (laughs) large events like, you know, concerts, sporting games, festivals. Um, And so I'm thankful that I that the pandemic came when it did, because it allowed me to kind of come back um, to my original idea and flesh out some more things that I wanted to be prominent in the brand that I was building, one would be Mm. sustainability, Mm -hmm. um, where I just didn't have that knowledge or background yet. And so during the pandemic, I went back to Parsons to get a fashion sustainability certificate, learned a little bit more about fashion sustainability, and integrated that into my relaunch, which happened um, last August. And so that's kind of where, where I am with with yeah. that. That's cool. Okay. So what were you doing prior to um, Margot Page? So whenever you said that you were working and you quit your job, like what were you doing? Yeah, I was working um, for my now husband. Um, uh-huh. We've been together for eight years and he himself had started his own company probably 10 years prior um, and he was like, well, it's a really great opportunity if you want to come work for me doing like brand partnerships, um, kind of seeing different aspects because their company was run really lean. And so I said, okay, great. Um, and so worked for him for almost two years and then decided to go full fledged on Margot Page, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm really grateful and thankful to. I think that so many people get caught up in doing it maybe on the side or being reserved about it. And I think that the only way that like you can truly dive in is when you're doing it full time. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm lucky yeah. that I was able to do it. And I know that it's, you know, it comes down to your own, I think like view and uh, outlook on things, but it's, it definitely holds your feet to the fire a little bit and there's no greater greater fire than having no money <laughs> like trying to work through, trying to work with all the logistics than being and absolutely broke and working yeah, more hours really, than you've ever worked in your life yeah exactly it really <laughs> makes you hustle more than anything right, right? right where i think it's like people if you do it on the side i think you can still do it but i think that there's a little bit more of like a push off yeah. the ledge that you get Mm-hmm. Um, when you're like, wow, I really got to make this work. <laughs> right. Right. I also feel like you, 
we put this uh, race against time kind of scenario when we're doing it full time because we don't have anything else to fall back on. Right. So it's right. like do or die, baby. We're doing this. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the most exciting thing about it, too. It's like at the end of the day, like if this doesn't work out, like it's going to be OK. Like I can go back and get a job. I can, you know, I can go back and, you know, start from square one. And I think that's like, what's so cool about starting something is just like the possibilities are kind of endless in what they lead you to. Mm -hmm. um, well, you so get I, exposed like, to so many different roles, right? You really learn you what your strengths are and what they aren't when Absolutely. you go down the, the yeah. founder road, right? Cause you, right. you have to dabble in a little bit of everything. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. Have you learned a lot about yourself? I mean, have you learned strengths that you didn't know you had or discovered areas that you love that you didn't know? Um, yeah, I didn't realize like throughout this process how passionate I am about sustainability. <laughs> yeah. sounds like kind of funny, but like I, it's really shifted the way that like I lead my life now where I'm once you consume so much knowledge about something, you're kind of, it opens up your eyes a little bit. And mm -hmm. so for me, I think it's, you know, it's definitely inspired and has gained, you know, more insight. And I'm like really lucky for that kind of path of, you know, I'm eating more plants. I'm eating, mm -hmm. you know, I'm doing all of these different things. I'm consuming right. less. And so it's been like a good almost reality check for me throughout this process. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so how are your bags sustainable? I, you had mentioned before we got on that they're made with recyclable, what materials? PVC. PVC. So recycled PVC, um, and then faux, um, leather. Okay. So everything that like, everything that Margot Page does is um, sustainable in the way that who we partner with. So starting with recycled materials, making sure that our partners are in fair wage, um, and fair working conditions mm -hmm. all the way to the launch, to what they're packaged in, to how they're delivered. Um, and then we encourage, you know, everyone who purchases from Margo page, you know, every product that you have in your life is going to have an end of an end of life life. And, yeah. And so we try to encourage to either repair, reuse, or recycle. Um, and so we have a take back program too, where at the, at the end of it, you're like, okay, I, you know, I've worn this bag for 10 years. Like I can't wear it anymore. You know, we'll take it back and we'll properly recycle it. And I think that's um, a lot of companies, I think that there's like a huge opportunity Mm -hmm. for recycling properly. And I think the more that people talk about it and do it, um, you know, it'll make better products. We'll have more sustainable products, et cetera. Right. That's awesome. So did you come up with the PVC idea component or was that given to you as options whenever you were seeking out uh, materials or manufacturers? So, um, with the PVC, I've always used recycled PVC, but it is a standard within like clear bag policies that you have to have clear bag. Like it has to be completely transparent. You can't have yeah. anything that is 
Typically, I think it, it depends on the event and venue, but mm. you cannot have anything that is mesh. You can't have anything that is a colored PVC. It has to be completely transparent. So PVC is kind of your only option. There's vinyl too. There's different weights of it. Um, you can obviously get it just the virgin material of it, but we, because we are sustainable, you know, we take mm. it from a recycled manufacturer. Interesting. So now is the rule clear bags or do they also have to be a certain size? Great question. Yeah. Um, so it, again, it varies. I wish there was a standard for everything. Right. Because right. I think it is so confusing. Um, sports events are typically the strictest. So the biggest one is the NFL clear bag policy. The biggest bag that you can have is 12 by 12 by six. Um, but they encourage going smaller. So usually typically the size of a clutch, um, you can bring in things that aren't clear as long as they're a size, a size of a clutch or smaller. I think it's just, I know that like, this is my product, but I think like after doing this for so long, it's just so much easier, right? It helps with line control. You can get in faster. I'm someone who's like always at the tailgate and is running behind, you know, when the flyover is happening and I'm missing right. the national anthem. And so I'm always hustling to get through security. And to me, it's just, it's so easy. You have everything, you know, right, right there. there. They don't have to look inside your bag, do right. that whole thing. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think too, we as a society have been programmed to overconsume and just think that we need a million things. But at the end of it, when you're going to an event, you know, how much do you really need? You need your sunglasses, your cards, your keys, you know, and that's some and some lip gloss and some lip gloss, and that's like pretty much it, right? Right. And so, um, yeah. So it just it really varies by event uh, and venue, but typically, like I like to keep things on the smaller side. All of our bags um, are within clear bag regulations, so um, that's a bonus. But it just kind of de again depends on. Mm -hmm. what, what you're going to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you have a whole line, right? Um, and have you found from a marketing perspective, have you found like s targeted audiences based on like, um, like their so? attendance or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we do. I also think that clear bags not only have, they meet a need, that we have mm -hmm. if that's like part of your lifestyle is going out and concerts, festivals, sporting mm -hmm. events. Um, but it also there's an element too of fashion. Um, clear PVC has been around forever, right? And you see it in shoes, obviously handbags, um, fun raincoats. So it's definitely it's definitely a fashion staple too. It's not mm -hmm. just geared towards this specific lifestyle of attending large events. It can, right. you know, it can hold other things. That's cool. So yeah. So marketing, I think it comes, it's, it, to me, clear bags are really just a staple in someone's closet because not only can they get you through the door um, at an event, but they're cute, they're fun, and you can wear them any season with any outfit. 
Mm-hmm. I think it also gives off an opportunity to showcase the things that you normally don't get to share within your purse, right? Like a cute wallet, or if you have a mm-hmm. cute sunglass case or your phone case, those are things that just never get attention. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of fun to almost have another fashion moment within your bag of like what, what you're carrying inside. Mm. And I know some people are going to be like, Oh, well, you know, we don't like showing what we have and, and everything else, but it's kind of like, well, people already know that you have those things if you're carrying a bag. Right. Uh, But I think it just, again, it just gives this kind of fashion moment of showcasing your really cute card case maybe a really cool, you know, there's tons of um, lip glosses with really cool designs. It's just something fun and unique and different. I think Mm -hmm. it allows you to, to showcase your personality a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So outside of COVID, which I'm certain that that had a huge impact, obviously, uh, any, were there any other obstacles or any other, um, aha moments of like, oh, wow, I've got to take a different route, or this is way more challenging than I thought it would be, or any, any moments or any experiences along the way outside of COVID? Yeah, I think um, I, when I launched, I was so excited. And I thought, everyone would like a mil- you know, 12 different designs of bags. Yeah. What I come to realize is that not everyone loves, you know, the 12 designs that I had created. And so I think <laughs> okay. that I learned that like really starting small, right. And knowing, and then kind of building off of that and starting to collect data off of what's trending with people, you know, who are purchasing, Etc. So I think that was a big um, learning lesson is not producing as much because I think when you start, you're like, oh my gosh, yes, this idea is so great. Like everyone needs mm-hmm. a clear handbag. Like we should have right. all these options. But in reality, it's really about honing in and learning what the customer wants. And while I knew that there was a need for it, I just didn't know what direction it was going to take. So I think you know, hindsight is really starting small and then kind of building. And I have a friend um, who designs hats. And that was like one of the feedback she gave me really early on was she was like, you know, start small, build, like learn what your customers are going after instead of like showcasing all of the options. Mm-hmm. It's almost like people like being told what to buy. And so right. when you right. you were overloaded with, you know, multiple too many choices yeah too many choices you get decision fatigue and then you're like i'm just not going to make the you know the purchase purchase yeah i can't decide yeah Yeah. interesting so now are you in stores or are you e-commerce like what's your strategy been um right now we're just e-commerce um and then trying to build off of, you know, social media, different wholesale websites. Um, but yeah, it's just a process of, you know, partnering, connecting yeah. with people. Um, eventually, we'd like to be in stores. Um, but I think, you know, right now, it's just building our name, getting our name out there, making those connections to make those sure. things possible. Yeah. Now, are you um, manufacturing in the states um with our handbags we partner um with a team in china okay who is 
they're a sustainable company um, and our textiles do come out of China for our handbags. We also launched an apparel line within the last couple of months. Oh, that's Those, exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting. So those um, are all made here within, in the U.S., okay. textiles and um, production. Interesting. So do you have plans to launch more categories? Yes. So um, we, so the clothing that we have right now actually pairs really well with our handbags. Um, you know, being down here in the South, it gets hot right. very quickly. Um, and so part of what I noticed of like after attending all these games and concerts, men have these great options for sweat wicking wear. Like they mm -hmm. have fisherman shirts that are, you know, nice and breezy. Someone spills a drink on them and then, you know, it's gone within, you know, 10 seconds. Women don't have that. We're, you know, stuck here sweating in like the linens, the cottons. And so during the pandemic, this idea also came to me where I'm like, well, people are going more casual. People are loving, you know, their outdoor voices, Lululemon, Athleta. Um, what is something we can do with that, with that dry wicking material, but make it a little bit more elevated where if you're going back into an office, you could do that, but then, you know, be ready to go out, you know, to a concert at 85 degrees later that night. So mm -hmm. we launched a small collection of clothing, you know, that is lightweight and sweat wicking from recycled materials, which is great because if someone, if you're coming from the office and you have, you know, our mock neck dress on, you know, you're ready to go. And then if someone spills something on you, or if it's, you're, you're hot, right, you know, your right. sweat's not going to come through. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of our, our first launch, um, with clothing. And then we're going to have another launch with vegan silk, um, that's going to oh. be coming out in August. So it's a little bit more of, it's an elevated feel, okay. um, just kind of still clothing on. apparel. Still, yeah, still apparel. Um, and then we'll eventually come out, you know, with more clear bag designs and, you know, we're looking into maybe doing some non-clear bags, um, here in the next year. So just kind of growing, um, and we want Margot Page to be, you know, I knew that our flagship product is always going to be our clear bag, but I've always wanted to expand into um, an attainable, you know, sustainable brand where it's not out of reach for some people, where they can kind of get the messaging and understanding and start to think a little bit more about how they're choosing to purchase, where they're purchasing, Um and so this is kind of just like the start of the journey. And I think the relaunch with all the sustainability efforts, new partners um, this past year has been huge. So in a way, it kind of feels like I'm starting at ground zero, even though I launched a couple of years ago, it feels very much like this is the start. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so I'm excited to be bringing on another small capsule of clothes and then, you know, eventually growing. Yeah. That's fantastic. So now do you have a distributor uh, or do you have to package this up and manually ship it out? Like, are you the distributor? <laughs> um, I am currently the distributor. The distributor. Yeah. 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 A, lot um, of my, a lot of my guests are, right? Like yeah. they were putting all the pieces together. Yeah. yeah. We, um, we did work with a warehouse, a smaller, uh, a small, a warehouse that specializes in small businesses. 
um, they have become not to be a great partner for mm -hmm. small businesses. And mm -hmm. um, anyway, so we're kind of coming back and reevaluating how we do that. But right now, um, you know, worshiping it and um, yeah. it works. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever works. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, totally. I, especially if you're starting out and you're manufacturing in China, I think the tricky part would be trying to figure out how many to order yes. uh, and like inventory type things and like how that whole entire process. Cause yeah. it's hard to forecast when you don't have a history and it is, you know, so trying to figure that out and then paying distributors when you can do it yourself and you're, you, you know, right. until you get to that level where you just can't manage it, but it totally right. makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say learning that's been another huge learning curve is inventory and like when to order and how much to order. And, um, that's been a whole new insight and it's, it's interesting being on this side, um, and seeing just all of the background work that goes into it, where you look mm -hmm. at other companies and you're like, wow, it's like actually really impressive. You have a newfound respect right, for right, other clothing right. brands. And you're like, wow, this is really hard. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, it's and just... you start to think every time you go to a store, at least for me, uh, I start thinking about the whole process that it took to get this particular thing on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it takes it takes a long time to develop the product to get it right. And then to go through the process of, you know, manufacturing it, gathering the textiles, getting it shipped, packaged, all of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's been it's a good learning experience. And it's humbling. And again, you become so much more grateful of every like the process for virtually everything from like right. your food to your home, you know, your home decor, wh whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. so now how did you find, well, first off, did you, have you been to China? Did you have to go and meet those folks in person or how, how does one go about tracking down the right manufacturer? I, that sounds like a big deal to me. Yeah, it is. Um, I have been to China, but I've been to China separately. So not, um, visiting the manufacturer. I've, I have not visited our current manufacturer yet. Um, that's definitely in the works. Um, but with um, my new manufacturer, um, I was put in touch with a partner here in Austin um, mm. that helps me with some of my tech packs. Because again, that's something I don't have a background in. Like I can kind of put together what I'm looking for, but because mm -hmm. I I don't have that skill set. That's something mm -hmm. that I outsource and I have a great team here in Austin who helps me. So it is one of their partners mm. um, that they partner with and they specifically work within sustainability. Um, and so this is a company that has hit all of the marks with certifications, um, with their materials, their people, their work environment. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is definitely tough to find manufacturers. It's tough to find manufacturers within the U.S. That's mm -hmm. something that I have always wanted. And it's easier to do with clothing. With handbags, it's definitely harder. Um, a lot of people just don't have the machinery for it. Mm, yeah. 
yeah. uh, which makes it tough. And so, you know, China, you know, was kind of the best option. It's something that I'd like to get away from, but in the right. time being, like, it's still, it still works. It's still, right. it serves its, its long, purpose. It yeah. serves its purpose. It still is in agreement with our brand and what we're trying to build. And it hits all of our sustainability, you know, needs and certifications. Sure. So I think that's the most important thing where, you know, it, it doesn't, the end of the day doesn't really matter where it's made. It's just as long as like the materials um, are durable, strong, and, you know, they right. were made to quality and standards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. Is there, I mean, there for a while, it was taking forever to get things over for shipping. And um, were you affected drastically by that? I mean, thank goodness you don't have chips in your purses. Cause yeah. then. <laughs> right. Right. Um, no, it, I wasn't affected too much. Um, That's good. I think the biggest effect that I have with um, manufacturing abroad is actually the amount of holidays. Oh, really? Um, that, that we run into. Um, specifically, China has quite a few holidays. Um, Chinese New Year, they take almost two months off. There's uh, like a fair amount of holiday, like public holidays that they have. Um, so that to me has actually been challenging more so because it feels like whenever I have this idea to like design something to get something out, it like hits right at that holiday point. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I should have, you know, like right. considered that. So now I'm kind of paying more attention to, yeah. you know, the what's going on. I mean, it's taken, you know, it's nice because the, there's another world outside of us and other mm -hmm. people doing different things. So it's been a good, um, you know, just like check on that. And, um, yeah, so I wasn't, I wasn't overall like affected too much. I think it's just, mm -hmm. it's a learning process. Yeah. Two months. I didn't realize they took two months. That's a long time. Yeah, it's a really long time. And then, of course, it's right after um, it hits the end of January and February. So right after, you know, we've been on holiday, they're on holiday. Just when you're getting ramped up. Just, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always feel like after the holidays, um, almost kind of like this resurgence of like, okay, I'm like ready to, you know, build the groundwork and then see something bloom, you know, by like spring and summer. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of like gets backtracked a little bit. And that's kind of how my, um, my clothing launch that I'm doing in August, it was supposed to be done in like April, May. <laughs> um, but with like a couple of holidays and just kind of logistics is taking a little bit longer, but that's another thing too, with clothing, you know, designing clothing and trying to get the materials right. You know, people are looking at almost like a year out when they're designing and getting things ready. So all of these other major brands, you know, they're already have, you know, next year put together. Right. That right. was, you know, a little bit of a lesson too, for me, where it was just kind of like, okay, it just, it doesn't, you know, just snap our fingers and we've got it. So. Right. Right. Interesting. And you said that uh, before that your husband helps you a lot because you don't have a co-founder, right? I don't No, It's yeah, just me. Yeah. So how is it? What's that like working with your husband and 
not that he's not in he's not like every day the daily the day to day right or right. is he he's not he's not every day day to day it's um he we usually have a weekly meeting where I'll come in and I'll ask him questions and advice and so he'll help with that he definitely helps with um advertising and marketing and since he's already been through this he's been a really great kind of guiding light Mm -hmm. um we definitely can bump heads on certain things where like i have a vision and he's like no i just don't quite (laughs) get it um and sometimes it's just hard when you when you work with your significant other where you're just kind of like you don't want them to be right, but then you're like, oh gosh, he's right. Like I do need to do <laughs> So it's like, it's a good one. Um, it's, it's definitely easier working with him on something that I'm building as opposed to like what he was building because he had other co-founders oh, okay. uh, for his business. And so when I would see something, I'd kind of be like, oh, well, I think like this, this, and this. And he'd be like, yes, but like I have, you know, two other co-founders, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a little bit easier to the dynamic where it's just I, us. And it's when yeah. you're running so lean, it makes it easy to make decisions and to have hard conversations, but it's not, they're not ever going to get in the way of like trying to achieve something. Right. Right. And you can pull the trigger when you want. You don't have to get yes. the button. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. That's cool. So sounds like you have a lot of exciting things going on. You've got your, um, bag line and then you just launched a clothing line an apparel line and you're going to launch another apparel line which is really interesting i can't wait to see uh, the vegan silk uh apparel that's cool and that's fun and you're wanting to grow eventually you know not some brands don't want to hit the big retail some do so that's interesting i have a another podcast guest who <clears throat> has like um towels they're like kitchen towels but they're just sustainable and so yeah. she's taken a different approach it's just i love to see the different approaches it feels like everyone in history and in the past has always been trying to get into the big retailers first but it seems as if right now people are taking a more strategic approach and trying to go local and reach out personally like more of a personal touch than hitting just going for the big, the big, you know, retailers, which I think is cool. Cause I think you build your audience that way, you know, and right. you're and a, more of a relationship with your audience and they um, feel connected to your brand a bit. At right. least I, it feels that way. Um, so I think that's cool that, you know, you said someday, but you're not eager. Like you like this path that you're going. Uh, and I don't know. I feel like, what do they call them? Indie brands, like the smaller brands. I feel like people are going more and more towards indie brands right now. And, and because they feel more connected to those and relate more, I don't know, than the big popular brands that everybody knows about. Right. Yeah. I think too, like people, like to your point, like people, people want that small connection. They want to feel like they're a part of a community where if you're going to like a big box store, you're not going to feel a sense of community. You're more of just kind of like 
following the leader where when you're seeking out things like on your own where you're like, wow, I found this like really cool brand for like kitchen towels. Like I'm going to, you know, you know, start supporting them. I think that that's how brands grow and word of mouth um, and things can take off from there. I think too, with sustainability being a part, um, it doesn't feel right right now to be in a big box store. Eventually it will, but the messaging is so important about sustainability. And if we can get to that point where we can be a strong voice within Mm -hmm. one of those bigger stores, that would be great. But right now it's just, you know, making these small steps and, um, kind of spreading that messaging of just, you know, right. You can do small things every day and make a big impact. Right, right. Are you in boutiques? I would think your products would be fantastic for boutiques. I'm in a few, um, but again, not a ton. It's just, it's still continuing to build those partnerships and brands. Um, I'm always surprised by um, sustainability is such a niche. And I think the more people talk about it and the more it takes on, people are willing to go there Mm -hmm. um, to these boutiques. But, you know, I still find that people are still there's still a large portion of people that want things fast, quick, and easy. So they're going to the, the Amazons, the, oh, all of that. I um, and I, I think too, fast fashion is still playing a role into how people shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, ev- you know, eventually, but again, we're, you know, still primarily an e-commerce business that will eventually get there. Right. Right. That's interesting. Very interesting. So when you say partners, what do you, what kind of partners? Like, I'm just trying to think of how we can help Is are there partners we can um, introduce you to, or are you, are you wanting new partners? Like who's a, in your eyes, who's a partner? Um, anyone who's, who wants to collaborate. Okay. So that could mean that could be a partner in designing something to websites, to the product, to um, someone who's blogging, someone who's in marketing. Gotcha. Um, Anyone who wants to do a giveaway. Like I'm happy, like I'm willing to partner with anyone. Yeah. Anyone who wants to partner. So yeah, so partner just is... Yeah, someone who yeah. who res yeah. who resonates with um, sustainability within fashion or sustainability within their own life. Perfect. I've got some ideas for you uh, that I want to make some intros for you. So that's great. I love it. Perfect. I uh, so what would you say? What what piece of advice would you give to anyone that may have an idea um, about starting a product business based business? go for it, right? Mm-hmm. Start, start sketching or reaching out to people who can help you build that product. If you don't have a background in that, see what your competitors are doing, see where they're manufacturing, see who they're working with. Um, try and get your product in front of maybe some of their partners that they might be working with um, to kind of help bring the idea to life. But I think the most important thing is just trusting your gut and going for it. And as long as it's a product that people need, there's, you know, you just have to be consistent with it and you'll get there. Mm -hmm. 
So I think I like that it. that's the most important thing is as long as you have a product that people need, you just kind of figure it out. I think the internet is, um, it's a blessing and a cursing, but it's, it's a, such an area with like a vast amount of information right. to learn and to kind of like be your go-to that, um, there's no reason not to not launch a product. Sure. Like if you truly believe in it and have the passion or at least have the passion in the process of it, you're, you'll get there. Right. Yeah. I love it. I mean, what do you have to lose? Right? Nothing. I mean, you can always go get a job. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm super excited for you. And so tell everyone where they can find your products. Where's the best way, best place to go to purchase the products? Yep. Um, the best place would just be www.margopage.com. Um, you'll and be page is to... spelled P A I G E. We'll include yes. the link below so you have that information. But okay, your awesome. website. Yeah. yeah, so our website's the best place. You can obviously, um, you know, you can shop through Facebook or Instagram, um, but directly through our website, we have, you know, our listings for our clear bags, our apparel. Um, we share all of our sustainability initiatives. And we also have a list of all the events and venues. So if you're thinking, I have to go to, um, you know, the Moody Center, you know, what are they, what's their bag policy? We have a drop down menu where you can search your venue um, and see what their bag policy is. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. So, kind yeah. of a go to resource. And then, um, you know, we have occasional blogs for different, you know, things on clear handbags, apparel, fashion. That's awesome. Okay. So follow them on all the socials and go to their website, margopage.com to grab a bag. They have some really cool bags. So gals, I highly recommend checking them out. Uh, super cute. And uh, it beats carrying just the plastic, plain old plastic bag. Uh, like you were talking about earlier, the ones that last like one yeah. session and then they fall apart and they're not cute. Right. Uh, right. And, and I am thinking that this, the wick attire is a fantastic idea too. Cause how many of us, especially as you get older, like myself, you, your sweat level is a little different. It's a little different as you get older. <laughs> <laughs> so that, it, that could be very useful anyway. So I so appreciate you taking some time to spend with me today and tell us, telling us your story. Super cool. Uh, one quick thing though, besides partners, how can we help you succeed? What can we do to help? Um, I would just say visit our website. Um, if you see anyone out that needs a clear bag, let them know to um, come check us out. And, um, you know, if you're not into sporting events or anything like that, we do offer a weekly email um, for sustainability tips. So you can come over and, and join that and um, just kind of follow us along and, um, you yeah. know, support sustainability and right. just making small changes every day. And they're super easy to make. Awesome. I love it. All right. Well, keep us posted about the new products. And if you come out with any new designs and all that fun stuff, and we will um, stay connected and we'll watch your growth. And I'm super excited for your uh, success now and 
your future success because I think this will be huge for you. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, subscribe to our channel, The Wild Feather. If you want to learn more about our guests or their products and companies, you can visit our website at thewildfeatherpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter to receive info on our upcoming episodes. Follow us on social media to get the latest deets. We're on all of them, so pick your favorite and follow us. And if you're a founder and need funding or accelerator info or business resources, you can go to our website, thewildfeatherpodcast.com and find some valuable information and resources there. No matter if you're a founder, your investor, or what your path is, just remember you were born with wings. <laughs> <laughs>